Doctors have read it. What is your most, oh my god, what is that moment while treating a patient? Content warning, literally all of these are disgusting. Like seriously, if you don't have a strong stomach or are easily squeamish, do not listen to or watch this video. With that being said, let's move on to the video. Well, I'm not a doctor yet, but here's a story from one of my professors. This was in rural Alabama. This middle-aged married couple had presented to the ER after they had been drinking for almost the entirety of the evening and got into a heated argument. Things got heated, and the woman eventually fell off the porch of their trailer into the shrubs a few feet below. The husband, in his drunken state, suddenly dropped the argument and came to his wife's aid. She didn't suffer anything too serious, just a couple scratches here and there. Except for what the man said looked like a piece of glass or pipe or something that became lodged in the woman's arm when she hit the ground. He decided to not come to the hospital because he could remove this object himself. He got his largest pair of pliers and gripped onto this glass-slash-pipe-looking thing lodged in his helpless wife's arm. He clamped down and pulled and pulled, cranked and cranked, trying to remove this object, and it wouldn't budge. With this masculinity defeated and the alcohol wearing off on both of them, they decided it's sensible to finally come to the ER. Upon arriving to the ER, the doctor immediately realized this poor woman had a compound fracture of her humerus, and this quote, pipe or piece of glass thing, was her bones sticking through her skin that her husband was trying to pry out with a pair of pliers. True story. Yeah, for anyone who's played Far Cry 2, those healing animations are what not to do in a situation where you break your bones. Content warning, this one's really gross. OBGYN rotations. I was delivering my first baby. It was an older lady from the rural side of town. When I asked her to push as the baby had fully crowned, a wad of worms exited her anus. I'm talking at least 60 live worms. I gagged so hard, but managed to keep a straight face throughout and deliver the baby. I realized then and there that OBGYN was not for me. Oh my god, that's enough internet for today. I am a surgery resident. I once helped operate on a man whose face was chewed off by a bear. I had to find little scraps of skin at the edges of the hole in the middle of his face and tried to decide where they went to try and make the damage smaller. I also saw a patient come to the emergency department with a barbie in their rectum. He apparently puts the arms up and legs down like a diving position, rubber bands the arms together, then places it in his rectum for a time. When he wants it out, he takes laxatives, only this time, it got stuck. The kicker? When we removed it, he asked for it back. Number 1. Maggots on a gangrenous foot. Both times, I almost lost my lunch. The worst part was that the second time, I knew exactly what the faint crunching meant. Oh my god. But I still had to remove the sock slash shoes. Number 2. Telling a highly addicted PT that I wouldn't be giving him the narcotic RX he wanted after he had run out of his prescribed meds early because he took too many. This was actually the only time I've ever said frick to a patient. I'm not giving you an RX. I also spoke with your pain management doctor and he does not want me to fill anything for you since you made the choice to take too many of your medicines. The patient starts flapping arms and legs in bed. What are you doing? I'm having a seizure. That's not a seizure, that's a tantrum. Patient gets completely still, looks me straight in the eye, and craps his pants. What the frick did you do that for? Because you're not giving me the medicine I need. Now you have to tell the nurse to come clean me up. Yeah, no. I will have the nurse bring you a clean gown and a towel. Bathroom's right next door. This was in med school, dermatology rotation. 
I got to see my own patient, so I asked what the problem was. He told me he thought his genital warts were back. I asked why. He didn't say a word, but turned around, dropped his pants, spread his butt cheeks, and showed me a cluster of genital warts around his anus at least 10 centimeters in diameter. Even when he stood up straight, it was just sticking out of his buttocks. I put up my most professional voice to say, Hmm, hmm, yes, I think you're right. The man thought this was hilarious. I'm not sure if I've not seen more surprising things after this, or I've just gotten used to them. ER nurse here. We brought a code trauma off the helicopter. A lady who was a passenger in a really bad wreck. Her husband was driving and was dead at the scene. Once we got her stable, the OR staff came to take her to surgery. I gathered up the clothes that we had cut off of her and grabbed her purse that EMTs had removed from the car. There was a lot of blood on it, so I thought I should just grab her wallet instead. I reached in and grabbed what I thought was her wallet, pulled it out. It had hair. It was a chunk of her husband's scalp. I interned in a city that gets very cold in the winter. Homeless people who were having a tough time surviving outdoors would come to the ED to get admitted, even if just overnight. They get a warm bed, a few hot meals, and a cleanup. This one fellow was in really rough shape, couldn't walk. The poor nurses did most of the cleanup, de-lousing, sponge bath, dressing the open sores. My job was to do the physical exam, including the mandatory rectal. Literally had to lift that scrawny flap of a butt cheek and pick the encrusted dirt slash feces slash matted hair away from the rectum to expose the anus. Thankfully, I only had to turn 180 degrees to reach the sink that I dry heaved into. But before this fellow can be discharged, he needs a podiatry consult. His black, gnarled feet have thick yellow big toenails that have grown in a circle and are now piercing the bottom of the toe. The reason he can't walk. Podiatrist intern comes in, starts a foot soak, and proceeds to tackle those nails with something that can only be described as modified tin snips. Now you know how some people have that habit of opening their mouth when concentrating really hard? Yup, he clipped that nasty nail and it flipped right into his mouth. We shared the sink. It's okay, Ryan. You've only got 13 more minutes to go. You're gonna be, you're gonna, you're gonna be fine. Story from one of my friends who worked as a paramedic in Hamburg for some time. Mind you, this is disgusting. They were called to an unconscious person, drug addict, who was slumped down on a park bench close to the train station where back in the days the most drug addicts would hang around. They approached the guy and tried to wake him up, checked his vital signs, etc., then put him on the ground. He had no shoes on, but only wrapped up his legs in plastic bags. If you have ever been around hardcore drug addicts, you know most of them don't smell too good. After a while, they just give up on personal hygiene, which incidentally is actually more dangerous than the drug itself, since they tend not to treat their scabs and whatnot. This guy reeked to high heaven, and once they proceeded to check his plastic bag shoes, they saw why. His legs up to his knees were completely black and full of maggots. He had an infection in both legs due to shooting up heroin and never treated them. My friend said that once they lifted the plastic bags up a little, which were melted into his decaying flesh, little mountains of maggots would fill around his feet. Hands down, one of the most disgusting things he has seen. Doctor here. When I was working in the ER one evening, I had my worst experience so far. I was called to one of the examination rooms that are designed for infectious patients. This is already a bad sign, as it usually involves some sort of abscess that needs to be drained. However, this time, it was far worse. I was told by the nurse that it involved a man who had bilateral venous ulcers on his legs and that they were now infected. I looked through his journal and saw that he last saw a doctor about 10 months earlier and no note of any checkups after, not by a nurse or a GP. 
Therefore, I asked my nurse when someone last took a look at his legs. Quote, not since his last journal entry. Then I asked when was the last time he changed his dressings on the legs. Quote, he hasn't. Some background info on the patient. Old man who lived by himself in his trailer that was parked in the middle of a forest. He had no running water. He was a bit of a drinker and a general I-don't-give-a-crap mentality. Awesome. Suited up and went into the room. The room smelled like an odd combination of stale beer, mold, and disease. Certain infections smelled different and this one was very pungent, almost sulfuric. I introduced myself to the patient who didn't understand what the heck he was doing there. All he wanted was some antibiotics for a flu and then he was sent here. Why the heck do you want to look at my legs for? They were already taken care of last year. Hmm, 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 great. So we started unfolding the dressing. They were crusty and crackled as we unwrapped the first leg. As we got deeper, it changed color to some sickly yellow and the stench became worse and worse. One of my nurses left the room to throw up. Then I saw it. Very small, but inside a fold, there was a little maggot who squirmed. Crap. When we finally got to the wound, we saw all the little maggots feasting on this man. There must have been 50 of them. The stench was absurd. I was focusing a lot to breathe through my mouth, but then I felt like I could taste it, which made it even worse. My nurse came back and promptly went out again. I unwrapped his other leg and same story there, but the infection was much deeper and I could see a few tendons on the base of the ulcer. Absolutely delicious. We had to clean off the maggots and place them in a bowl, but they were squirming and went on the floor and crawled all over the place. I had to watch my feet so I didn't step on them. After that, we took the patient to hose him down to at least try to get rid of some of the smell, then booked to the OR for debridement and a fresh vacuum dressing. Discharged a few days later with strict instructions and booked him in to return for redressings and checkups. Then, we never heard from him again. TLDR, maggots. Lots of maggots. Removed a shoe from a patient with a severe diabetic foot. Two cockroaches crawled out of it. Paramedic here, working in the ER one night. We had a guy come in complaining of groin pain, so we bring him back and it turns out he has a master lock, the kind with the spinning dial that you use to secure your locker at school, locked around his member. Essentially, blood could flow in, but could not flow back out, so this thing was hugely swollen. He had panicked after he realized he could not remember the code, dealing with a real genius here, and he took a screwdriver to the dial and snapped it off. So, we consulted with urology, and the urologist wanted to take him to surgery, cut his ween lengthwise, slide the top out, then the bottom, and then suture it back. Needless to say, the patient wasn't thrilled with option A. So option B was for this big nurse, we'll call him Tom, to go in with bolt cutters and cut it off. Option B selected, curtain closes. Tom gives a one, two, three. A loud scream at three, a pop noise. Tom exits with a broken lock and the man was sent to the floor to recover. That's just one of so, so many, but I always tell that one. A bit late to the party, but here's my contribution. I have some nasty pus stories, but I think the top post wins hands down in that category. So here is something a bit different. Just a couple of months ago, actually. Woman about 35 years old comes in for a pap smear. Okay, no problem. Put the speculum in and maneuver it around a little bit to find the cervix, and I see something dark brown in the right lateral fornix. My first thought was, oh crap, cancer. You see, when I was an intern, I had a patient on whom I found very dark, friable tissue on the posterior wall of the upper genitalia, which eventually turned out to be rectal cancer that had spread into the genital wall and was quite advanced. You know, one of those patients you kind of never forget. Anyway, I try and gently scrape at this dark brown area to get a feel of what it was when the smell hit me. 
I imagine if death itself died and rotted for a few weeks, this is what it would smell like. My medical assistant scooted away to the edge of the room. Poor thing couldn't leave the room as she was my chaperone. I stopped breathing through my nose and started to breathe only a couple of times a minute from my mouth, of course turning my head away from the source of the smell to take a breath. Anyway, maneuvering the speculum a bit more and scraping a bit at the brown area some more revealed an answer to the mystery. It was a cylindrical thick wad of something. An old tampon! The patient had no idea that it was there, and her period had ended over a week ago. So this thing had been there for over a week and the lady was walking around living life as usual. Thankfully, she did not get toxic shock syndrome. Retrieval of the tampon was uneventful, and the lady was sent home with advice on being more careful with remembering to take out tampons or perhaps consider switching to pads instead. Imaging tech here. So I basically look at black and white images of people's innards. Once I had a guy and it looked like his abdomen was filled with fluid, but it looked very odd. Then I realized the fluid was moving. The guy had the biggest aortic aneurysm I've ever seen, so big I couldn't measure it on my machine. He got sent off to the hospital. I was in outpatient services that day, and I don't know what happened to him. I also had a woman with so many holes in her heart, in the muscle between the heart chambers, that it was like Swiss cheese. Another time, I was in a prison scanning a con. He'd been shot and all of his abdominal muscles were removed. He wore a Velcro girdle to keep his stomach in place. I put my scanner down on his abdomen, and I had to figure out what organs he was missing, because he had some removed from after being shot, but he had no clue. I think he was missing a kidney, the gallbladder, part of the liver, and like half his pancreas. Token not a doctor, but I am a nurse and I have a story. I was working in the emergency department one afternoon, and we had an elderly lady just calling out, help me, help me, repeatedly all afternoon. She was brought in by her nursing home for, quote, agitation, which is normally code for, they can't handle them anymore. So the patient was placed with the carer assistant to try and calm her down and make sure she didn't wander around the ward. The carer was helping to feed the patient, and I walked past when suddenly the lady just breathed her liquid diet in and collapsed backwards. I, of course, instantly pushed the med emergency button and everyone comes running from all over. We assess her airway and it's deemed clear but not self-supporting. No food in there, which was strange. She wasn't breathing and no heartbeat was present, so one of the male nurses starts compressing on her chest while another nurse tries to insert an airway. As he compressed on her chest, a literal fountain of murky green goo spurted from her mouth all over the walls, ceiling, medical staff, literally everywhere. And of course, we were all like, what the heck is this crap? And the poor male nurse had to keep compressing the chest while the other nurse kept trying to suction the patient's airway to clear it enough to insert an airway. After five or six minutes, the nurse finally gets the airway in after suctioning over six liters of this goo. And after some defib, the doctor declared the patient dead. The bay and the surroundings say five or six meters was just drenched in this slimy, murky, brown-green mess. It was absolutely, breathtakingly disgusting. Eventually, we found out the poor old lady had a massive bowel obstruction, had a cardiac arrest while eating, and the goo was days and days of liquid fecal matter. Safe to say, I scrubbed myself raw in the shower that night. Content warning, this one's pretty sad, violent, and messed up. On my first weeks in trauma ER, fourth year of med school, we had an 11-year-old girl come in who was literally dumped out of a car in front of a hospital with one side of her body completely mutilated what remained of her limbs just hanging like huge chunks of meat and the rest of her body was burned all over. And there was so much blood. Maybe it's because I panicked a little, but I don't think I've ever seen so much blood in my life. We later found out someone in her family, father or cousin, not sure, 
was a known criminal who had just got out of jail time for blowing up ATMs with homemade explosives. They claimed she found a stash they had hidden, but we really believe she was helping them pack it. Either way, it was the ugliest slash saddest thing I've ever seen. Thankfully, this next story is a lot cheerier. I was working as a scribe when we went to see an 8-year-old girl that had a fever. Nothing too remarkable until we started the physical exam. We examined her head. Normal. We examined her upper extremities. Normal. Then we pulled up the blanket to examine the lower extremities. Her feet were the size of an infant's. You should have seen the look on the doctor's face as he was trying to figure out how the girl's feet got so small. The mother looked up at the doctor, saw the look of confusion on his face, and said, Those aren't her feet. She pulled out the blanket a little further, revealing a pair of perfectly healthy feet, nestled next to the feet of a doll that she had put under the blanket. We saw the doll's feet and thought they were the girl's. For those wondering, she had the flu. She turned out fine. Paramedic here. Back when I was a rookie, we ran a call to assist the police with an injured person. Get on scene to five to six cops and a large naked man in cuffs sitting on the curb. In the middle of February, in the mid-Atlantic region. Check the guy out while talking to the cops. Apparently, he had decided to smoke some PCP and the cops ended up having to tase him. The part of the story you've been waiting for, one taser barb in the umbilicus and the other in the head of his member. TLDR, PCP leads to a new member piercing courtesy of the police. Last one, I promise. Surgical registrar here. I was working in a smallish hospital in a rural town in Australia. We were asked by the medical team to see a patient that had been admitted under their care by the emergency department overnight. Happens quite often in that hospital, with the CT demonstrating a very distended bladder. They apparently had trouble with the catheter, so they called me to have a look. With much hesitation, I went up to see her on the ward. So I managed to put the catheter in with a lot of trouble. This lady was fecally incontinent. A little bit of urine drains out and I just keep thinking, something's not right. I go back and look at the CT scan and the IDC placed in the emergency department looks like it's appropriately positioned, subsequently pulled out. Behind it was one big sucker of a uterus, absolutely full of what appeared to be a fluid density. The report read, along these lines, I crap you not, as follows. Conclusion. There is a very distended bladder. The catheter balloon is situated in the prostatic urethra. Moderate to severe hydronephrosis is noted. To all the people pointing out that women don't have prostatic urethras, I'm well aware. That was the whole point. The radiologist was very embarrassed and apologetic when I called him to amend the report. Long story short, I speak to the consultant. We get her to theater. With great difficulty, we manage to dissect our way around this huge uterus and we call the ONG guys to come and help get it out. Unfortunately, during this process, the uterus bursts and there is a boatload of pus that just streams out. It smells so freaking horrible. There are people gagging around us at this yellow-green, sulfuric-smelling goo. The scrub nurse can no longer take it and vomits in her mask. The consultant is looking at me like, screw you for bringing this to theater. We finished this case and I am so glad. I get home and I keep thinking, I can still smell this awful thing. I have another hour-long shower. All night I can still smell this thing. Morning comes, I can't have breakfast because I can still smell it. I get to the hospital and everyone is wearing masks. Apparently, the smell was so horrible and the extraction in our theater was so outdated that it had somehow pumped the smell into the vents around the hospital. All night, small amounts were leaking out into the atmosphere causing this horrendous smell. Silver lining? Lady lived for another three years. TLDR, I operated on a lady with a huge uterus full of pus. 
consultant hated me for the rest of the year. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. Put the playlist on in the background to finish listening to all the stories linked at the top of the description. And if you like it by the genius, give it by the trick a shot linked in the description too. Either way, thanks a lot for watching. And we'll see you guys next time.